Hello and welcome to Copite, sponsored by Search 5.0. And today we're excited to welcome Razvan Svataryu to the show. Razvan has a brilliant career to date working in high-performing technology teams across various sectors. And with his people-first approach, is a strong believer in servant leadership. Razvan is currently Senior Engineering Manager in Multifirst. Those that don't know, Multifirst is an impressive award-winning education technology company and this should make for a great conversation. So Raz, thanks for joining us for this session at Coolbytes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me. This is my first podcast ever. So really, really excited to, to be here. First podcast. Brilliant, Raz. Unless I'm really excited about this one because obviously with yourself and Multifirst, you know, it's a, it's a great story and one which I feel our listeners are going to take a lot from. So Raz, we was like kicking things off. You could just tell us about your career to date and give us some info on Multifirst and who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really want to bore you with my life story, so I'll try to keep it short. However, the next sentence will make it look like it's not going to be short at all. <laughs> but I think uh, I think it's quite relevant to connect my career with, with Multiverse. So originally, I'm, I'm from a very small village in southwest of Romania. One of the things that became apparent quite early in life was actually how lucky I was to be born in a middle-class family by Romanian standards, uh, <laughs> not, not necessarily by the UK standards. And a lot of people around me didn't really have the same basic needs met and the opportunities for them were limited, actually for no fault of, of their own. And that had nothing to do with their intelligence, ability to work hard, it was all about the social economical context in which they were born. And quite early on, I realized, like, you know, that's actually not fair. Then uh, years later, when I moved to, to Bucharest for university, I also realized that a lot of the educational systems, especially in Romania, pretty much rewards the ability of remembering information and then repeating it, which doesn't necessarily prepare you for the practical aspect of a career. So I also decided to go into the industry at the same time as going to the to university and get that like real life experience. So that kind of like takes me to multiverse and to my recent years in my career where I've tried to work in, in companies that make a difference in in the world around us as much as possible. You know, I, I don't think I can change the world, but if I can at least do my very small part, that's that's good enough for me. So after working in you know peer-to-peer lending in fintech, after working for companies, uh, a company that was like quite important during the pandemic, and that's that's Gusto. Moving to multiverse for me was something that it was really, really natural, I would say. That's something that's natural for, for a lot of us in multiverse. Most of us have a reason and a story to be there and to interview for multiverse. My story was exactly as, as I was telling you earlier. So being able to work for a company that is able to create those alternatives to traditional education, through professional apprenticeships, and to challenge the status is quite an exciting opportunity. And the fact that I'm I'm there as an engineering manager feels feels really good for me. Brilliant. Razvan, it's such an exciting business within that tech space. And you guys are revolutionary changing the way of the labor market, you know, which is pretty incredible. And you know, you're right, because traditionally it's this one route, you know, into yeah. engineering or into a particular discipline, which includes university. Whereas what you've been able to 
help shape his apprenticeship and getting, I suppose, on the job training? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty much that. There are quite a few alternatives in, in the market, which obviously like are quite good uh, looking at like boot camps and so on. But what I really, really like about Multiverse is that focus of let's try to help people start their career without going into, you know, huge debt or anything like that. And feeling that that space for me feels quite unique and <laughs> is definitely something that's very interesting. Definitely. And, and just, just on that subject too, do you feel that there's much of a difference in learning to code in a classroom environment compared to in a practical sense? I mean, oh, I, I would probably say the first part is a small fraction of the story that takes you to the second part. You, you cannot mm. really have one without the other. Let's, let's mm. put it that way. Mm. Right? So you need to spend that time in the theoretical part of software engineering, but the job is writing code and you can learn how to solve problems only by solving problems, like actual problems. I'm actually currently reading a really good book and I wish I could remember the the actual title of it. But one of the things that that stuck with me was was this, this idea from the author saying like, you can read this book, but that's not going to be enough. If you don't actually action and try mm-hmm. things afterwards, it's for nothing. You just gain knowledge that's in your brain for nothing. And I think software engineering is about that. It's about understanding from each problem that you're solving, understanding like how you can approach a different type of problem and then gaining that experience. So yeah, but you need to start from somewhere. So that's the theoretical knowledge, I guess. And on, on that, sorry, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but I've briefly mentioned my experience with Romanian educational system. And I remember, you know, taking C++ or Borland C++ rather tests on paper. And that felt horrible. I really did not enjoy software engineering. I, I never saw myself going into a career in software engineering because what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I know if something's working or not? Like, we're just solving problems on paper. So moving into trying to solve actual problems afterwards and seeing like, oh, oh this is what software engineering actually is, completely changed my mind. And, you know, here I am today, what is it, 13 years later. Brilliant, brilliant, Razvan. But we always like delving into success influencers. You know, what makes you want to tick and what would you say makes you want to succeed? Mm, Really, really good question. So I'd say that compared to what we see nowadays as the norm, probably it took me a while to start going through the ranks in my career. And it wasn't really until I came to the UK where I saw the power of having like a good manager And I was lucky enough to have plenty of those. And also seeing how a good manager can help you and motivate you to grow. So I would say that my main motivation to succeed comes mostly from the satisfaction I get from being able to work with my line reports, helping them understand and and work towards their potential. And a goal of mine since moving to this role has been to create that psychological safe space in in one-to-ones where I can work with my line reports through their issues and identify their areas for growth. 
Um, you're going to have to ask my line reports if I succeeded <laughs> in, in that goal of having psychological safety, because that's a very personal thing, right? Like my, yeah. my impression could be completely different, but I, I am feeling positive about it. And something else that I also wanted to, to mention here is the support that Multiverse is providing in growing people, internally leaving the values we promote externally as a company, always looking for opportunities to sponsor and create space for colleagues to grow makes a huge difference in people's careers. And that feels good. And that for me means I'm successful as a manager. Brilliant. I love the whole psychology safe space as well. Razvan, I think that's very, very important just to have a, an open and transparent environment. Razvan, you've obviously had a really successful career. And I suppose there's been a couple of road bumps, I imagine, <laughs> along the way over the last 13 years. If you were to reflect back on your career, I guess, to date, Razvan, what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to embrace? Hmm. I say that this is a really, really good question that I really like because sometimes it's very easy to think about the recent challenges that maybe felt very stressful or difficult to resolve. But I'd say that at every step of our careers, we encounter challenges that feel big and stressful. So the size of the challenge is very relative to the point you're in in your career. So as an individual contributor, I get stressed about coding, about learning new frameworks, you know how it is, competitive market and so on. As an EM, I'm stressing about delivery, people's happiness, team performance. So I'm going to go a bit meta with answering your question and say that the biggest challenge I faced in my career has been a constant one, just getting on top of my own anxieties, my own imposter syndrome, putting my work into perspective, reminding myself that the best I can do is to do my best. Yeah, absolutely. And is there any particular tools that you use to kind of manage and cope with all of those anxieties and, and stresses? <laughs> well, I have to answer that one because I wouldn't necessarily point out any tools as a do this and everything will be better. I think when it comes to things like mental health, anxiety, and so on, again, it's something very, very personal. For me, what helped a lot was to move to a more introspective self. And I've, I've, I've done that, that through, you know, classical therapy to understand my anxieties. I've started doing meditation. And <laughs> to quote someone close to me, I've uh, stopped being a floating head and start living more in the moment. And that actually helped put things into perspective, especially in my, in my career where when sometimes, you know, we stress really heavily on something and then we take a step back and we realize well actually we'll solve it it's fine you know so it's a it's a journey and I think the journey is probably unique to each individual but for me it was a combination of introspection Mm -hmm. meditation classical therapy and things like that yeah and I love that whole present moment state because I think that's a lot to go by uh because you can't change the past and Yes, okay, maybe able to change perhaps the future, but really it's the present time, you know, which is the one to focus on. So probably from your experience in Razvan, obviously we live in a world now where there's so many things happening. What would you say is the biggest challenge the industry as a whole Hmm. currently faces and what will it take to address this? I guess it's not going to surprise you that my answer will be kind of a continuation of the previous one. And I really hope this one sounds too much like a rant. Run away, run away. We've all seen the recent 
turmoil in the industry with all the layoffs and everything around that. And, you know, I have friends who interviewed now for companies that laid off people in as recent as November. So in my opinion, a big challenge we face is the danger of companies treating engineers like resources, like a lever you can pull to increase or decrease the pool of people you have in your team. And, you know, growing an engineering team actually requires a lot of strategy and uh, humanity to it. So we've, we've all heard the, oh, don't worry, it's so easy for you to get another job. You're an engineer, you're in London, you're in high demand. And I'm not saying that we're not privileged from that point of view, because we are, there are a lot of jobs around and, you know, it, it is easier probably for us than other industries to find a job. But that doesn't mean that psychological safety isn't critical for us as well. It doesn't mean that our confidence isn't taking a hit. Our mental health isn't affected by layoffs. And that for me is quite scary. And, you know, you you asked what will it take to address this? And I will always advocate for treating engineers for what they are, humans, not resources. Mm -hmm. And to understand that (laughs) every engineer as everyone else has struggles. And as, as I said earlier, challenges are not relative to the salary or job that you're in. We all perceive stress in a very similar way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the things you don't see, you know, in the back of these layoffs and the turmoils and, and stuff like that now, Razvan. So absolutely brilliant, brilliant points. I'm keen to move on to multiverse. And listen, I mean, obviously we know we're in a, in a market where it's it's difficult to find exceptional talent, exceptional engineers. And I'm very keen to hear about Multiverse and, you know, whenever you do get, you know, new engineers on board, how do you retain exceptional talent and what do, what do Multiverse offer that hmm. perhaps puts you in a different light compared to other businesses? So for us in Multiverse, retention actually starts with recruiting the right people. We're currently looking at our recruitment strategy and we define the scope of recruitment to span from identifying the need for a hire and you have sourcing, interviewing, but then we've added onboarding and probation as part of recruitment. During the interviews, I always make sure to mention this to the candidates that they should assess us as much as we're assessing them. I truly believe in that. That's that's something that I'm I've used in the past when interviewing, and I, I encourage everyone to do it as well. If you join a company and then you realize you've joined the wrong one, it's tough for everyone. So in our interviews, we we are focusing on getting the right people while also offering the candidates a taste of what working here actually is like. So they don't have any big surprises after they join. So that helps a lot with, with uh, retention. Is it, it, it all starts with getting the right people from the beginning. And, you know, after they, they've joined us, it's all about giving them the space to learn the technology, to learn the domain they're working on and, and so on. As being a, a niche shop using Elixir, that means a lot of our engineers need to get up to speed with Elixir as a language, with the frameworks, while also learning the domain and the product. So I always tell my new line records this this thing, which is you can only join Multiverse once. So use that time to ask the right questions. Use that time to learn. Use that time to pair with your colleagues. Don't put pressure on yourself for delivery. 
there's going to be plenty of time for you to deliver product value after you get a good grasp on what the job actually requires. And I guess on, on, on top of that, we're, we've also worked really hard in the last year in building great engineering management team. And I, I feel very lucky to be part of that. I'm learning so much from my colleagues because we are very focused on psychological safety and we, we have a human-centric approach to the job. And that pays off over time when it comes to retention. So I, I think that that's our effort when it comes to retaining people, getting the right ones from the beginning, giving them space to learn the ropes of the job and then supporting them in what I expect most companies to do, training, career growth, sponsoring, and having a culture that fits their values. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect, Razvan. And Razvan, what advice would you give to any aspiring software engineer in today's market? Oh, <laughs> where to start with this? I don't think you want your podcast to <laughs> be a few hours long. <laughs> I feel like we can, we can probably talk about this for hours. So, but I, I will do my best to keep it short. I guess career-wise, it's all about patience. You need to be strategic. You need to be intentional with the steps that you're taking in your career. And it needs to be clear that the classics say that you're running a marathon, not a sprint, is very valid when it comes to building your career. Immediate gains might be detrimental further down the line, but I also find very useful when it comes to thinking about your career long-term is to find a mentor, to find someone that can help you identify what you should be focusing on. I guess from from an engineering point of view, I, I would say focus on learning the concepts and patterns of software engineering and not necessarily the frameworks. As I said earlier, I've been in, in the industry for more than I would like to admit at this point. And I've seen frameworks go from very cool to very lame. I'm sure the words like jQuery, Backbone, Grunt, Gulp mean nothing to a lot of engineers, especially nowadays. But one thing stays the same, which are the concepts and the software engineering patterns. And the best example for me in this case is AngularJS. For a brief moment in time, it was the best framework on the market. It was the go-to. Everyone wanted to implement AngularJS and to work with AngularJS projects. And now it's really struggling to stay relevant. And it wasn't that far in time when it was the, the best thing ever. But at its core, Angular it is an MVC framework. And MVC as a concept has been around for more than 40 years. So knowing the concept behind the framework will help you pick up frameworks easily. Knowing the framework, but not the concept, means that you're going to be as relevant as the framework is or for as long as the framework is. And then you're back to square one, having to learn another framework. So focusing on those like software engineering, good practices, patterns, and so on, will help you long-term. And I guess other than that, if you're interested in being a product engineer, I think that's really important nowadays. So developing your understanding of the product lifecycle, working with other functions, not just your colleagues in engineering is very helpful. As engineers, we have a very unique view on how the product works and using that to bring value to the users is, is really, really important. And the last thing is don't forget to have fun. I've never been the kind of engineer that you know codes 24 seven, but I also wish I built more 
hobbies when I was doing individual contribution. So don't forget about the work-life balance. Uh, find hobbies that relax you give, you, give your brain a break from writing code. As I said earlier, you're preparing for a marathon, not a sprint. Software engineering is quite intensive on the brain. So you need to make sure that, you know, you can sustain it. Yeah, brilliant advice, Razvan, from, you know, the whole mentorship and I suppose people join leaders along with businesses and great technical advice there and on the concepts. More importantly, have fun. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, we work 40 to 60 hours a week sometimes, you know, and it's, it's important <laughs> to have that escape and, and enjoy your hobby and your, your passion at Razvan. So, so thank you for that sought after advice. Well, so we, we always like finishing up the podcast with and ask the audience participation with Code Bytes. I'm quite excited with the question that we have this week from one of our listeners. So I'm keen to learn, Razvan, what advice would you give to a senior software engineer involved in early ideation debates for a new product? Are there any particular approaches that invite a successful solution? I really wanted to give an answer here that is, you know, the recipe to success. If there is one, I am very curious to learn about it. <laughs> I, I don't have it right now. But what I can tell you, tell that, that individual or, you know, engineers in general working on ideation debates is to look at the strengths of what an engineer can bring to the table. Firstly, make sure that the function is represented in a meaningful way. So get involved in the conversation and bring your knowledge to the table. From my experience, I found it particularly useful to clarify any assumptions that other functions might have on what is feasible and what is not from a technical point of view. Something that might sound like moving a mountain to other functions can be a day's work for an engineer. Mm -hmm. And the reverse is true as well. The simplest tasks sometimes take us a long time. It might be difficult to justify it, but it's good to actually be clear with those because that can help other functions make more informed decisions. And that can also open new avenues that people might not have thought of. So working with product, UX, whoever else is involved in the ideation, in trying to solve a problem by bringing those unique experiences that we have as engineers is really, really important. And also making sure that the conversation always goes back to what pain are we actually trying to solve? Because I've throughout my career, I've, I've noticed that sometimes we tend to go into, oh, this can be a solution. Let's try to develop it. And we, we move away from what we were trying to solve initially. And it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying like, this is, this is a really bad thing. It's just the natural thing to do. But having people in those meetings, trying to go back to like, what are we trying to solve? What is the pain that we're actually trying to solve? And especially with engineering, thinking about how can we solve those problems faster? And this is actually something that's quite relevant to my squad right now, where we're working on fairly larger projects. And the challenge is how can we make those maybe months of work into weeks? Can we do something that comes from you know, an engineer's mind that might be completely out of the box, but bring the, the value earlier? Try to think outside of the box, use your engineering knowledge to think about how can we solve the user's problems in unexpected ways. Brilliant, brilliant, Razvan. And I like that whole 
I suppose don't have a conditioned preconception because what you feel could be complex to somebody else could be done today to, to yeah. work, you know, skill set. So really, really enjoy that, Razan. Thank you. So Razan, this has been this has been absolutely exceptional. If people were to learn more about the excellent work that Multiverse are doing about yourself, how could they go about reaching out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if people want to learn more about me, then probably my LinkedIn profile is the way to go. Although don't expect anything other than the sharing the occasional post. My social networking game is not great at best of times. But in terms of, of learning about Multiverse, I would really recommend our blog, which I think is multiverse.io slash blog, but you can find it with a simple uh, Google search. We're uh, talking on our blog not only about how the company is doing and uh, you know things that are... Uh, specifically relevant to to multiverse but we also share engineering stories there and we also share stories from our apprentices which i, I always enjoy reading um, and from a technical point of view if people are interested in in hearing some practical stories we have a couple of our colleagues talking at conferences this year so like elixir conference we're gonna have two of my colleagues there and they're going to talk about what we've been trying to solve in the last year and how we've approached that. Brilliant, brilliant, Razvan. I'll put these well to the show notes so that the guests can go and have a look then. But Razvan, listen, I've really enjoyed this conversation and thanks so much for your time. Thank you as well. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it and really good to think about some of those questions. So thank you so much. Brilliant response. Thank you, Razvan. Mm-hmm.